you're listening to episode 55 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. If you're a book lover who may be interested in joining our online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For June 2015, we're discussing My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. So hi, I'm Melenia in Florida. I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove, and we're here to discuss our 175th Cove pick called My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante, and it was chosen by Cove member Kim over in Missouri. We're just starting our online discussion with the rest of the group today, and so far, it hasn't been a winner. Right. (laughs) It can't all be. (laughs) Yeah, this one is... um, so far from you know the people who've who've said something most most are not they're not fans and we had one member who who's enjoyed it enough to give it a b and that's Marianne and um everyone else you know just thinks it's just too rambly i was really bored with it as you'd said earlier that um i thought i was going to like it at the beginning cuz i had a good start right it's just the author introduced way too many characters. Yes. And I, I, besides the two women, um, I just didn't feel like I got to know either any of them other ones very well because there's just too many, and it was hard at times to even keep them straight. I almost, um, even though this was like a Kindle book, I, uh, they still have stuff that I almost wish I had one of those little diagrams they have. <laughs> who's the mother and the offsprings that went with everybody because it was very confusing. And then with some of the people, they had a couple different, you know, nicknames or whatever. So that made it a little bit more confusing. But yeah, there's a cast of characters in the front of the, the paperback edition I had. Okay, maybe I didn't miss that. But. Yeah, they, it, it had to list them. And my thing with all the characters is this is being narrated by the character Elena, right? Right. And... Her friend Lila disappears right in the beginning. It opened, you know, in an interesting way, I thought, because, you know, her friend's son calls Elena and says, you know, mom's been gone for two weeks or whatever. (laughs) I think it was two weeks. That seems right. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, she always talked about disappearing without a trace. And, oh, she actually did it. And her son was, you know, like 40 years old and a freeloader. And she just wanted to get away from him. So I thought, okay, where's this going to go? And then Elena takes you into a giant flashback of their childhood from when they met, when they were, you know, five or six or whatever, however old they were, living in the same building. And the the whole rest of the novel is her rambling recount of their childhood, adolescence, and teen, going into teens. So the book ends with them at like 16 or 17 years old. At 16, because it was right after Lila um, got married. Right. Then now you have to read the next book because it's a trilogy and to find out what happened. So it's, it, it just, no. And then her, her narrative is very rambly and just going into all from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And I just never found any plot, obviously, or just anything to find really interesting about these two friends. Well, yeah, it it did ramble at times. And then it had 
probably a lot of unnecessary details that could have been edited and then other things that told you a little bit more about the main characters or their families could have been worked in there. And to develop those, those relationships develop more. Relationships. And then some of these other tons of characters, um, they, they could have been left out because they really didn't make that much difference. Yes, you would still have to have a, some some of the boys because of things that happen uh, later between mm-hmm. the two girls. But you could have gotten by with a lot less characters and it would have been uh, a better read and it would have been easier to follow and to um, understand. But And more engaging. Because right. I didn't have a problem understanding it. I mean, she's just telling you about all the, you know, their growing up years. Right. And, you know, different little things that happen. I mean, some of the stuff was just really petty to me. Right. A lot of pettiness and just, oh, you know, he likes you and then... You, I mean, it was just, I don't know. (laughs) It was just a lot of pettiness and nothing really substantive. There was no real, um, yeah, it, 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 to me, this is what I, I, I really thought it, it was well-written like grammatically, but the narrative read to me like a seventh grader journaling. Yeah, that's, uh, you've got a good point there. It wasn't as mature and everything. Yes, it was supposed to be told from the point of view of this young girl who at the end is only um, 16. 16. But still, but still, it it could have had, as you said, a little bit more substance to it. And um, I would have felt more empathy and more engaged by the characters if, if things had been a little bit different. Right. It did have a good premise and it could have been a much, much better book with just a little bit different emphasis. And as you said, a little bit better narrative that gave you more to think about. Mm-hmm. And, and just more to be interested in. I mean, the setting was interesting. Right. Um, 1950s Naples, Italy. So I thought, okay, you know, that that's really good. But then it's really just about these, this, you know, Elena's point of view. And that's the other thing we could talk about. Do you think that it's autobiographical since the author's name is Elena? I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't look into it. I, I think it, it could be because the, on uh, the cover or someplace I remember seeing, saying it, and I can't ever get my mouth around the, um, the way to say it, but anyhow, it's pegged is one of these things that's basically a take on a coming of age thing that the um, the reviewer or the uh, writer acknowledged that a lot of this is from their own past, you know, their mm-hmm. coming of age years. So I'm I'm thinking it very well could be that she took a lot of perhaps she took a lot of things that she had lived through and just sort of fictionalized part of it especially you know parts where she may have a a way to you know get through to these different um, people she wouldn't know exactly what they were thinking but just what she perceived right but yeah i'm thinking that this was sort of a good bit autobiographical on her part the one good thing i did like as you said it was set in um in italy and i don't know a whole lot about italy and so it was interesting to look at the way people lived at that time, especially, and um, other parts you were, wouldn't have known about otherwise, that uh, especially in describing this vacation area. So I thought, oh, well, that, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. You know? And then a- she went off for, for uh, like summer or something to this island. 
Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That sounded, you know, like a, a beautiful, interesting place to go, mm-hmm. you know, especially for them, because that was the other thing. You sort of got a look at these these people that um, they weren't the upper class people. They were the poor people of the yeah. area, but they all sort of lived there together. So nobody really felt like one person was better off than another. Yes, some of them had a few more material things and did a little bit better business-wise, but in general, they were all in the same type of lifestyle. So, And then there was um, the whole first section on Don Achille. Right. One of our discussion questions is asking, like, what his significance is. And if I had to think into it, I would say he represents a phantom, you know, like fear because she was, you know, painting him and saw him as this big boogeyman right? (laughs) as a child. And then Lila, you know, kind of makes him go up to his door, go up the stairs and knock on his door. And then she realizes that he's just a regular guy. (laughs) He's not the boogeyman her parents painted him out to be or something. No, no. I mean, well, I mean, he just had uh, had a certain reputation, mm-hmm. and he did get involved in in stuff that wasn't quite legal, right? But which yeah. kind of got him killed, right? Right, right. Yeah, because he made people unhappy, and and, the, and these people that you always hear about, you know, the Italians being all passionate, everything. Well, these people went along with the stereotype because. Even besides this, this terrible murder, then they didn't think twice, you know, it was sort of expected of them if their sister or mother had been disrespected or did something that didn't seem right, you know, did something that might hurt their honor, then they were right there to, you know, curse horrible obscenities or mm-hmm. beat them up. And, and you just can't, of course, this was a long time ago also, but you just can't get away with things like that now. But it, it seemed like they still had this tradition of uh, protecting their women folk. It was okay. Now it was okay for some of them to beat their children and their wives, but you didn't treat the, them badly or you would be in deep trouble. Right. You know, I'm not totally sorry that I read it. I, I wished it had been a little bit better because it, it did have some promise to it. But I think that it's almost like the author wanted you to have to think, oh, I'm going to have to go get the other books to see what happens. Because it, it starts, as you said, it started out in the beginning once this um, woman was like, older mm-hmm. and and then you look back but then you just get to a certain point and boom that's it so you know it seemed like a lot of times with these uh where they know there's going to be a series they are going to kind of leave you hanging with the cliffhanger but but like i said i i, I would have liked it a lot better if i had learned more about um the two main girls family and had a little bit less detail about these other minor characters so it, it had promise but it just didn't fulfill the promise to me. I think that's a great, great characterization of it. I gave it a D plus and I gave it the plus because I did think it was well written. And I, like you said, it had promise. I think it started with promise. Right. Well, and, and I gave it a C, which I don't usually read stuff that's you right. know, <laughs> a, a C or lower less as part of a book club or something. So, but uh, you know, I, I thought that was it was sort of a disappointment, but I thought it was just it was okay, but it could have been a really yeah. good book. Agreed. Will you continue the trilogy? Well, <laughs> not right now. 
not in the the near future. I have too many other things that are priorities mm-hmm. ahead of time. I will I will not be continuing it. Not right ever. I hope nobody picks it for the group because. (laughs) Okay, so that is our discussion of My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. Please let us know, listeners, if you read this or if you are a fan of um, Elena Ferrante. Comment below. We want to hear from you. And thanks for tuning in, as always. Leave us your comments, give us your feedback, and stay tuned for next episode. We'll be discussing The Ninth Girl by Tammy Hogue, which is a nice change of pace. See you next time. Bye.